The 462nd edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Claim your risk-free bet of up to $500 over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash betrivers. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start making smarter bets today. Heidi Ho DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Episode 462 is going out to my co-host, who had one of the greatest nights in this show's history last night. He's going to let you know all about it. It wasn't just MMA. He hit uh, NBA first bucket, uh, 14 to 1 on play as well. So despite being Mr. Moneybags, he's, he's shown up for this recap of UFC and ESPN. Darush versus Sarukian. I don't think I introduced myself again. I'm Jeff Chalks Fox. Wasn't I was thinking it wasn't a good night for myself until I checked that I hit my lock, I hit my dog, and I hit my prop play. So it was a good night for me. So let's bring in Gumby. He needs to gloat some more. He's been gloating online in our Discord. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Now he's gonna do it in your ear holes and eye holes as well. Hello, Mr. Moneybags, Vreeland. So I, I did have a really good night to the point where our silly game of uh betting a hundred dollars. Uh, jokingly on every single money line. Uh, I, I'm now out of reach of you, right? Like you can't, you, you can't yeah, come back. Probably. Yet, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there, in, there, in, there isn't enough time. There's what? Two there events left? Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're in trouble. Say, I was like going to say there, there's not time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, not unless you hit like every single pick from here on out. So uh, while I was good at that, you know, to your point, I was going to give you kudos off the top because you hit all of your recommended plays. I hit none of mine. Uh, I, no, I had, you didn't. I hit 10 out of my 12 picks. I hit five underdogs, and the only one I didn't hit was the one that was like my yep. dog of the week, which is just wild, including <laughs> high IQ Cody Brunson, which I feel like I, we're going to have to talk about. <laughs> Cody Brundage, not Cody Brunson. Oh, you're, yeah. You're Brunson. thinking NBA again. Brunson's yeah. an NBA name. I'm just, I'm yep, getting, to, or, 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 or PFL. Maybe I just love PFL that much. Oh, yeah. Derek. Derek Brunson. Yeah, so it was a good night for both of us now. That that will be the spin I will put when I post this article. Uh post this uh this podcast. We both destroyed. I like that that spin. Yeah. Um, you know, we we can all eat. Yep. With only two events left. Yeah, I, I think for the first time in the show's history, Gummy's gonna beat me. You're not only gonna beat me, but you're going to sweep the board probably, because you got me in locks and you got me in dogs and you got me in props. Uh Props and dogs are pretty close. I might be able to get you in those still if I buckle up. But the buckle, other ones buckle up, <laughs> buckle up or strap in. Maybe strap in is better. I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, but uh, yeah, it was it was a fun night of betting. I wasn't in the discord because I wasn't able to watch the fights till later on. I was the discord having as much fun as as you were with their picks. Gummy. They seem to be Uh shout out to oh, there's some guy with a username that I could not put together i think i wrote it down but uh he had not only cody brundage ko he had cody brundage ko in round one oh, uh, fantastic which was 15 15 to one 
Uh, it was Lloyd Lloyd to Josh KK. <laughs> okay, <laughs> never even heard of that person, but yeah. welcome to the family. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's I, one of one of the he, lurkers. He was waiting for this moment. I think he's posted a bunch of times, and just like it okay. doesn't it doesn't register with me often because it's like not a name I can say. Like you can just say like you know whatever you know eric does sports is really easy yes. thing to say <laughs> turnip is really easy to say lloyd yep. to josh Kike is not an easy thing to say yes no it's not it's not um nine finishes too last night so it was a wild night in austin which was good we didn't mention this in the previews but this was texas gumby and we, you don't want to go to the uh, the uh, scorecards in Texas, so luckily there was a little shadiness early too. There was a little shadiness with uh, with Jamie Lynn Horace. Yeah, Jamie Lynn Horace should not have taken any. I mean, it was close enough no. that it was not like the worst thing Texas has ever done. Uh, no. But like you know, hey, like almost messed one up there. Yep, they did. Luckily, they didn't get. Then you got what three chances to mess things up and. Um, all those fights were pretty well. I guess the, the Guido one they could have messed up. That, that one was close, but the uh Figueredo font one was not. So maybe Texas is getting better, Gumby. Maybe they're growing up. Maybe they just didn't get enough opportunities. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Small sample size is true. Um, all right. So of course we were talking about UFC Austin, aka UFC uh on ESPN Darius versus Saruki, and it was in the Moody Center in Austin, Texas. I don't see attendance or gate, but I'll look that up. Um We'll start things off right from the main event. We had nine finishes last night, uh, including in the main event. Armin Sarukian took care of Benio Dariush. Uh, Sarukian via knockout was my prop at plus 150. I, I thought he was going to get it done with a ground and pan, but apparently he can crack on the feet as well. Because, um, Well, it is Benio Dariush, so grain of salt, knocking that guy out, but still. Um, biggest win of Sarukian's career. The thing about these two guys, I was going to say in, the, in our preview of this, despite being well-respected and uh, highly ranked guys, they don't really have a whole lot of um, quality scalps on their mantle. There, there's a bad analogy. They don't have uh, too many uh, good wins on their mantle. So this is definitely um, Zurichian's biggest win of his career. Yeah. And it, it's like a big one for him too, because like to crack into that top five, you know, like all those, you know, we, we keep talking about them, the guys who won't fight anybody, but each other, right? Like Islam Magashev, uh, Justin Gaethje, uh, Poirier, Oliveira, they're, they're like only fighting each other for the most part with the like occasional person slipping in. If you slip in and you get to fight one of these guys, not only is it important that you beat them, but it's important that you beat them so emphatically that they can't deny you the next one. Uh, and that's what Sarukian did here, right? Like Sarukian, um, and I, for the record, I thought he was going to get it done on the feet too. Cause like, why would you choose to go to the ground with Benil Dariush? Like I wouldn't, uh, and, yeah. and he was the better wrestler. So he was going to get to choose. So like, I'm glad not only did he win because it's fresh blood at the top of the division. Uh, although, you know, he's already fought mock chef. So like, maybe yeah. that's not a fresh matchup. Uh, you know, like it, it should guarantee that we're now talking about him fighting the Justin Gaethje's and the Dustin Poyers of the world. And like yeah. those people shouldn't be able to deny him anymore unless they're ready to step aside. He's undeniable. Um, undeniable uh, Armin Surukian, new nickname. Easier to say than his, his uh, current nickname. I guess I buried the lead here. It was a knockout knee and punches. It was the knee that pretty much did the trick. He just uh, put some icing on the cake with the punches. And it only took him a minute four into the first round. But yeah, mentioning his biggest win, look through his resume. Next best win is maybe Olivier Aubameyang-Mercier, only because of what he's he's done since that time. And that was uh, July 2019. Nothing else 
jumps off. Davi Ramos, Matt Pervola, Christos Giagos, Joel Al- Alvarez, Demirius Magulov, Joachim Silva. Uh, maybe, it, there? maybe it's Magulov. Yeah. yeah, yeah but, but, like, but to be fair, too, a lot of it is because he couldn't get these kind of fights. Yep. Like they kept not giving him these fights. Or yep. I think the Davi Hamosh fight only happened when somebody else dropped out, if I'm remembering right. correct. So like, like he's not fighting the not fighting top guys because they're either dropping out or not accepting and like that's why this was so important that he did this in such a manner because like now they can step aside but they are going to be saying i don't want to fight in a number one contender fight or i don't want to fight for an interim title or like you know like if, if you're saying no to him now you're also saying no to the opportunity to fight the top of the division very true. And it's same was the case with Darius. He, he, he's got a slightly better resume, but but um, not by much. So it's probably why um, I saw a bit of Sarukian's post-fight um, interview. Yeah, he was very thankful for getting this opportunity and getting uh, Darius, uh, having Darius agree to fight him. So, all right, who's next? What's next for Sarukian? How would you book this? I mean, if we're saying how would I book this in like I can get somebody to say yes to him no matter what. Yeah, I'd, I'd really like him to fight Dustin Poirier. Uh, yeah. I, I think that that would be a move, right? Because Poirier is coming off that loss to Gaethje. Um, In theory, he could use a big win to put him back on the map. Uh, you know, it seems like Sarukian would be that one. But I also don't know that, that Poirier wants to fight the big money fights anymore. Like, I, I think he might just want Conor McGregor. I think he might just want Patty Pimblett. I think he might just want, you know, like stuff that's going to yeah. sell on pay-per-view and headline stuff. I don't know that he wants like a dangerous guy that would prove he could still hang at the top of the division. Um, if that's the case, you know, like I'd be fine with him fighting a Charles Oliveira or somebody like that. Um, he, he, it doesn't seem like he's getting the next title shot, right? Because doesn't is that going to Charles Oliveira? Is it going to Gaethje? I, I don't know how well he's inserted him into that picture. Yeah. But if it's going to Gaethje, why not Oliveira? Yeah. I would guess probably Gaethje if they had to choose between the two guys. I mean, he's, he's got um, the, it's an interim belt, right? Like, but it's dumb, yeah. but like that should guarantee he's next. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is there, he has an interim belt. I just, I don't pay attention. Was that, was that, was, no, was that, his in, that was a long time ago. Yeah. That was his other interim belt. I'm, I'm just <laughs> him, like laying the interim belt down being like, this isn't the real deal. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that no. wasn't, that wasn't the, yeah, that was a long time ago. I <laughs> That's <think>. the other one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he's a BMF. I can't keep track of these, these pretend belts. Um, yeah, dumb as shit. <laughs> Dariush. He, he's only 34. He looks like he's 54, but he's only 44. I mean, 34, excuse me. Um, knocked out in back, back-to-back fights though. And he, we already had questions about his chin. So yeah, the Drakkar Klosa fight already raised questions about his chin, right? Like he, yes. he was already kind of questionable. Yeah. He's, he's, the, it's always been uh, an issue for him, but now it's actually, um hurting him he's actually losing because of it so yeah, yeah. Is, is this the end of benio Darius? is he auto fade going forward i don't know if he's an auto fade but like he needs a step back you know like he needs a you know a guy barely in the top 10 or you know just kicking around the bottom of the t- you know he needs Jalen turner maybe you know somebody like that uh, yeah but that's Someone my point though is that Jalen yeah. turner's towards the bottom of the division yeah in in i'd still probably pick Jalen turner at this point does he need some just for men or do you like the, uh, the gray? I mean, guy? he's a little bit less gray than me, I think even so good for him. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are on, around man. the same ages too. We, we so. got to kick it around the, yeah, the cheeks. Yeah, no, he's, he's yeah. just a little dusty on top. <laughs> yes. All right. So that was that we're going to tell you about bet rivers now, uh, because that's where we got all the lines for these, these fights from. And that's how Gumby won his buttloads of money, bet rivers were brought to you 
today by Bet Rivers once again. Bet Rivers is available in over 14 states plus where I am, Ontario, Canada. Bet Rivers has some of the best live betting markets in the space. Their betting menu is second to none, including a ton of props. Depositing and withdrawing is super easy on Bet Rivers. Do you have a play of the day for Bet Rivers, Gumby? Oh, man. No NBA. The NBA yeah. is back tomorrow, though. The NBA really threw me off by taking a day yeah. off. I, I like yep. was was getting ready to dive into some NBA action on Sunday, and uh, I didn't see anything. No, but I uh, th- they're doing that in season quarterfinals. I can't imagine yep. the Pacers beat the Celtics in that thing. So uh, I'll take the Celtics with whatever kind of points they're laying in that one. All right, there you go, there you go. So that will be Monday's episode. So make sure you listen. Not episode Monday's. Uh, do we have do we have lines yet for that? Let's check. Celtics minus four and a half. Oh yeah, that's easy then. Yeah, I'd I'd lay seven on them. Maybe it's a better, even better line on Bet Rivers. So um check out Bet Rivers. Um sign up using our link, of course, to get a risk-free bet up to 500 bucks. All of Gummy's picks are risk-free as it is. This is extra insurance for you. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bet rivers. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash B-E-T-R-I-V-E-R-S. Problem gambling call 100 gambler. <clears throat> okay. Gumby, your hat. I didn't I didn't mention your hat off the top again. Have we seen that one already? It looks familiar. I don't, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm like I've kind of run into the situation now where I don't remember what I've worn yet or not. This is uh yeah. this is the double A uh Colorado Rockies. They are the Hartford Yard Goats. I th- we may have seen it. John will know for sure, but yes, there's <laughs> there's a lot of goats in Connecticut, Gumby, in people's yards. Yeah, uh, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. <laughs> That's, uh, it doesn't really seem like a Connecticut type of thing to me. <laughs> Yard goats. <laughs> Yard goats seem more like a Southern thing. Anyhow, um, we, we had some concerns about Jalen Turner, the way he was talking, heading into this fight, the fact he was taking a short notice, the fact that he was going to have to cut a buttload of weight and get to down to 156 pounds at six foot three on what, two, two weeks notice or even uh, however long it was. He assuaged our fears immediately. It only took 249. Um, to knock out Bobby Green, the referee, he wanted to see a, he wanted to show us all a dead body in there, but luckily he didn't show us a dead body. Jalen Turner, um, Bobby Green eventually stopped uh, acting like the punches didn't hurt him because actually it was slow motion. It, it, you, you barely even realized that you got caught, but you got clipped on the temple and then he started doing the wobbly leg and then the end was nigh um so yeah or not nigh near um so we had turner at minus 230 we also had suruki minus 305 i forgot to mention that off the top so we're doing good off the top of the uh, top of the card here did you learn anything about this fight uh, i mean other than no. like the you know the weight cut in the the mental space of Jalen turner is yeah. was worrisome but ultimately not all that worrisome so yeah, yeah like i i uh you know, it, it's not like I wouldn't have expected Jalen Turner to come in and absolutely just slaughter Bobby Green, and he did that. So, yeah, I well, Bobby Green's been surprising us though. So the, this is has this he bigger or, win, or bigger? Ha, yeah, maybe. has he been has he been surprising us or did Grant Dawson surprise us? Because ultimately, yeah, I kind of think that that's what happened is that Grant Dawson yep. wound up having a far worse chin than we all thought he did, um, yeah. and it wasn't actually all that much of a pat on the back to Bobby Green. Yeah. And I'm glad Bobby Green didn't die. Um, so, yeah, Jalen Turner, I enjoy watching Jalen Turner fight. I want to see more of Jalen Turner. Hopefully he keeps fighting. Uh, do you have any ideas for him next? Oh, you want him to fight Darius, right? Yeah, I mean, I, no. I don't hate that matchmaking. No, it makes uh, sense. Those, Timing those, works and all that jazz. 
Yeah, I mean, timing works if Daryush is not like yes, badly right. concussed because yeah. uh, he might very well be badly concussed. <laughs> yep. Anyhow, good job, Tarantula Turner Banwaits. Good job here as well. The Vicen Figueredo took care of Rob Font. Rob Font is too tough to get knocked out because he, uh, he he could have been a few times there. 30-27 across the board. Figueredo took him a little bit. He was processing the information to start off the fight for a while there. Um, and then he once he had it processed, he was doing what we hoped he would do. Uh, his power translated, his speed translated to the new weight class. Um, if he was fighting a lesser man than Rob Font, he, this would have not gone the distance. Um, we had Figueredo surprisingly and happily at plus 108. Yeah, this uh, it, this makes a ton of fun matchups at Bantamweight. Sure right? does. You can book him with anybody. Um, I, and, and you know, to quickly toot our own horn here is is having him as an underdog. We said he's gonna be too fast. He's just gonna be too fast for Rob Font. Rob Font's a really great fighter, but like when your best attribute is your speed, and you get somebody speedier than you, uh, with with damn near more power. Um, and as we saw, good grappling at Bantamweight. Uh, I was really impressed by how how he mixed the takedowns in there once in a while. Um, yeah, it, it, there's just no hope to beat that guy. So uh, ultimately, nope. probably should have put that uh, as a uh, underdog of the week instead of Clay Guida, who sadly didn't catch for me. But uh, booking-wise, who says no to Davison Figueredo versus Cody, Corey Sanhagen? Man, yep. Corey Sanhagen and Davison Figueredo would be a banger. Uh, and make sure. it five rounds. I need five rounds. Of yeah. Them. Yep. It's got to be a, got to be headliner or, or a five round fight at the very least. So um, figure it out was my dog of the week. So the only thing that is going to catch up to him is age eventually. Cause he is an older guy at a low weight class. He's 35. He's, he's going to be 36. Actually. Freak, he's a, he's a weirdly shaped dude for that age. And that size. <laughs> like what 35 year old Bantamweight has ever looked like Davidson Figueredo, right? Yep. That dude is cut from a different cloth. <laughs> Gumby's into weird shaped men. So he, he would know, he would know, um, he's going to be 36 in two weeks. So even, even worse. So no, no time to waste here. Get him, get him lots of non Brandon Moreno fights as many as you can give them. Um, <laughs> Alterweights, Sean Brady, this was a domination. Holy moly. What, he just dominated Calvin Gasselman, uh, submitted him with a Kimura, Kimura, excuse me, round three at minute 43 in. Um, I, I did get called out on Twitter for saying that um, Brady was the better striker, which I which I probably shouldn't say. Sometimes I just say things on the show <laughs> to to, uh, to fill dead air. Um, but then he went out and was a better striker. Than, yeah, uh, yeah, he was way better. <laughs> dropped, him, dropped him multiple times, so I don't know. I, maybe I knew what I was talking about. But anyway, it, it was the grappling. That was the story here. Just utter dominance of uh, this is probably more impressive than if he just went and knocked him out in a minute, like like uh, guys did in the in the uh, top fights here. Yeah, I actually didn't think he was going to be the better striker, too. I, I know that that's something that you yeah. said, and I was like, man, I don't know. That Michael Chiesa fight worried me. But, I, I mean, he not only was the better striker in terms of power, he was the better striker in terms of volume most of the time he was on the like, yeah. That fight made me feel a lot better about my Sean Brady fandom than I have in the past. Um, yep. because sometimes he He's wins, back, like, baby. He's back. Yeah, but like sometimes he wins, and you're like, okay, his grappling's really good. And we know that we've always known that that's why I became a fan of him in the first place. But then at the end of the day, you're like, but what happens if he can't, which is kind of what happened in the Bilal Muhammad fight. Right. Um, and also just like, 
I, I love these moments where you're like, did we learn something more about Sean Brady? I mean, yeah, we did. His striking's a little better. But also, do we learn something more about Bilal Muhammad? Man, that dude is yeah. such an underrated beast. Um, yeah. I, I might wind up picking him to be champ by the end of 2024 when we Ooh. talk about futures. I, I mean, I almost did this year. If you go back and you listen to our futures episode last December, I think I said that line on Bilal Muhammad, it was like 16 to 1 or something like that. Not the worst line you'll ever find for a future champ. Uh, in you know, hey, if Colby Covington got hurt or chipped another tooth, like he, he could be champ by the end of the year. So, yeah, he seems to be putting it together. He's got his um, his loss out of the way. Um, it's, oh, yeah, it's Brady it's a, does, yeah. yeah, a quality loss as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, we're back on the Sean Brady train. Um, th- this is like, I forget. What made Calvin Gasselman good? Because I, I forget. Like, what was he good at? Was he not supposed to be a good wrestler? Was he not? I know he's he was durable, but like, was he ever really any good, Gumby? Am I doing revisionist history here? I mean, I think there's parts of him that are really promising, right? Like we, when we saw in his last fight where he really got his hands going and threw with really good volume, yeah. we were like, oh, yeah, you know, like it looks like he could hang around here at welterweight. Whereas before he was like an undersized middleweight trying to wrestle sometimes and that like just didn't hold up. So, I, I think we were, it was more promising to see that. And yeah, he's always been able to like wrestle a little bit, but this is kind of the Davison Figueredo Rob Font problem, right? Like he can wrestle a little bit when he's having trouble on the feet, unless he's fighting a guy who's 80 times the wrestler than him. And then in that case, he's got no emergency plan. So, you know, like kind of the same point of Rob Font, he's never been the big knockout guy. He's never been the big wrestling guy. He's never been the big jujitsu guy. He's been the speed guy and that's been his out. Figueredo canceled that out ditto here with Sean Brady and in Gaslam he like needs wrestling to be his out and he doesn't have it in that fight so uh yeah props to Brady on on just obliterating Calvin Gaslam he he made some he made weight though so that's that's positive right he didn't make weight he didn't make weight yep, <laughs> yep. um but yeah his, his resume too if you look it up is not not so hot um none of not many of his of Gas, Gaslam's wins have, have aged very well as, as all it's all fighters well past their their prime that he beats so um all right let's move on to to things that do hold up such as underdog fantasy underdog fantasy are our friends with their their pick them or they're higher not pick them they're higher and lower that they do and we do articles on it every day on the sports podcast.com the website there and they have a way for you to play along to so your favorite fantasy players all season long nfl nba nhl college basketball college football and don't forget about mma Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite player's fantasy stats and cash in. Do you have one, Gumby? No NBA tomorrow, so you may not be prepared here. Do you have a there higher a, or lower? There is NBA tomorrow. There's oh, yeah, NBA. wait a minute. Tomorrow there is. Yes. There's yes, not today. So I'll take, uh, I'll take, I'll take uh, you know, we mentioned the Celtics-Pacers uh, mm-hmm. game. Even though I'm taking the Celtics, I'll take the uh, higher than on Halliburton's uh, dimes. I, I'll say he's yep. he's going to dish it out. Of course. He does every game. I have him in fantasy, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. And yeah, it's uh, sure it'll be a high scoring affair. So watch along. See how ugly the courts are going to be. Make your picks. And you can make <laughs> a little, ca- little cash over our Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg. 
as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right. Gummy did a bunch of winning last night, but not in this next fight. Clay Guida did fight for our money at plus 255. Um, Joe Kim Silva squeezed out the win, though. 29-28 across the board. Boy, Guida still has that chin, man. He's, what, 41? But, boy, Silva is a knockout artist. (laughs) Knockout artist who's hit him numerous times and had him on skates, but then he comes back from the dead like the zombie that he is. The zombie carpenter is is a new nickname. I'm giving everyone new nicknames today, Gumby. He is zombie carpenter. We also have the undeniable, and you're going to be Gumby God again. I'm giving you an old nickname back again. So, all right. Break it down. Let us know about this fight. I, I mean, nothing really to say other than like Guida's. If Guida's wrestling got going a little bit better in round three, we're sitting here talking about hitting another massive underdog. Um, I, I don't. I don't know that we learn anything here, right? I'm still not high on Joaquin Silva. He, he's barely beating guys like Clay Guida, and he's what 34 or something like that. It's like not like he's a prospect in any stretch of the imagination, and like. Just let Clay Guida keep fighting, I guess. Uh, maybe yep. have a maybe have a rematch between him and Jim Miller for UFC 300. W- um, wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, I mean, like they are already fought one. I was was I live at that? I think I was live the first time they fought. It was only yeah, 40 nice. seconds long. Uh, Miller popped him with a right hand and guillotined him. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, run that again. Run, run Guida in fun fights. I, I guess that's yes. all I have to say. Um, you know. Maybe let him beat Patty Pimblet on short notice when Tony Ferguson trips and falls. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, all right. And in the opener, uh, middleweights, this one, it hurt. I, I got it wrong. Didn't hurt. Gumby. Huh? Didn't hurt me. No. no. <laughs> Dustin Stolfis plus 240. Gumby had him. He won via submission rear naked choke. 410 into the second round over Puna Soriano, even though. Soriano. Uh, I was going to say he looked better. I guess he was a better man. Nope. You don't think he was a better man? Puna? Was, eh, he looked terrible. He looked, <laughs> he looked yeah. really bad. <laughs> he didn't look good, but I still he thought he was going to win the fight. He was getting beat on the feet by a wrestler. He was <laughs> by a wrestler. Yes, that's true. All right, fine. Yeah. Screw you, Puna. making me lose. <laughs> he looks so bad. Is Dolph is good or Puna bad? Uh, maybe a little of both. I, I think I said before, I, I think Stolz Foods is kind of being slept on in all of this because like he does have really good wrestling. Again, he was a guy who picked up and slammed Joe Pfeiffer. Would he have ultimately won that fight with Pfeiffer? Probably not unless Joe Pfeiffer's elbow came out of his skin like it did, but like he's still able to pick a guy up like that and slam him, which we saw him do with Puna time and time again here. And like he could find... You know, to, to the point of the announcers as they were actually correctly analyzing during this fight, Puna just wow. seems to throw the same left hand over and over and over and over again. He throws the same exact left hand as he did the first time. And Stolzfus is smart enough to counter it and to know that it's coming again and to know that it's coming again. And so is he good? I mean, not in a way that we're talking about him, you know, fighting, you know, Cobb, Cobb Ohio or, you know, like somebody in the top 15. But, like, good enough to put away guys who, you know, are probably on their last leg of being in the UFC, right? Like, he he should beat the Puna Sorianos of the division and the Dolce Lugiambulas and, like, those types of guys. So, 
uh, yeah, like not not great, but but definitely good enough to to put away guys in to bet it. You know, plus two forty. <laughs> yeah. We talked with Dustin Stolfus for far too long on this uh, on this episode already. <laughs> Gumby went five and one on the main card. I went four and two. We, we did lose a fight. This was off. Uh, this wasn't main card fight. I no, it wasn't. Steve Garcia, the Meme Machine, talked to Gumby on Top Turtle Podcast, and then he got mysteriously ill before his fight and had to pull out. So it's back, baby. It's he's back. fighting again. He's fighting again this week, though. Is he? They just rebooked Same him fight? and now. The him and Melky is on the the card of the ninth now. They're just fighting a week Great. later now. Maybe I'll pick Melky this time because I was I was. Uh, oh, you had Garcia. <laughs> I, I switched last minute, so yeah, yeah. yeah Maybe I'll go back to what I actually was going to pick originally. Don't don't pick Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, main the main event of the prelims: the mom fight. Misha Tate face cranked Julia Avila. They had trouble saying her name for some reason last night. Uh, they they kept swapping flip-flopping on how to say Avila. Um, she got face cranked. One fifteen in the third round. This was total domination by Misha Tate. People are saying, she's back, she's back. And she says she's going for a title run. And I, I always scoff at that when it's an older fighter. And then I realize, oh, wait a minute, this is Bantamweight. And <laughs> I'm checking it. I'm checking my performance rankings that I do on the Substack, moneyamamay.substack.com. I think she's up to fifth now at Bantamweight. So yeah, maybe. Maybe she's making a title run. I'm gonna give you a real question to to ask whether or not she's gonna she got a title run in her. Would you pick her to beat Juliana Pena tomorrow? That's who I, I knew you were gonna say that. So yes, I would. I would too. I the the she minute even... I was I was watching her absolutely manhandle Julia Avila, rip her to the ground, great positioning, like ground and pound, the whole nine. I was like, she could beat Pena tomorrow. Uh, yep. like I I I think Bantamweight's the right weight class for her. She had the right gas tank she needed is she a little older yeah but it's like i mean this is like women the women's heavyweight division so to speak like you can yes. be a little bit older in this division um yeah. and like i don't know that i wouldn't pick her over raquel pennington at this point or uh i, I mean Mara buena silva maybe not but like yeah maybe not man, her dude we might be talking about misha tate champ 2024 like that that very well could be in the cards what a weight class. What a weight class. Uh, Bantamweight is. But anyhow, a dominant performance. Don't want to crap on her performance because it was a dominant. Um, and Julia Avila uh, props to her for losing almost 100 pounds from, from uh, being pregnant to to jump back into this fight. So um, middleweights, Cody Brundage, KO, slamming punches over. I IQ Cody Brundage. <laughs> I IQ Cody Brundage is like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick up and slam this man's head off the off the um, canvas. And that's what he did a minute 49 into the fight. And Gumby hit this one so so disgusting. He hit Cody Brundage and Dustin Stolfus both at big plus money on the night. How disgusting is that? He had him at plus one eighty. And Cody Brundage KO plus six hundred. Uh, oh yes! Don't, don't, don't forget you had that, that in real in real life, right? And and as part of the Hungry Man Jong, which unfortunately barely missed at thirty four to one, um, in like the cruelest way possible, because it was that and Gooden KO, uh, and Gooden had Wellington Terman knocked out and just didn't get it. But uh, let's not let's not take time away from talking about high IQ Cody Brundage uh, <laughs> and his ability. To say I'm not going to strike with a dude who's six inches taller than me and has typically knocked everybody and their cousin out. Uh, let me take him to the ground where all he's done so far is throw up kind of a weak arm bar that Ali Aronoff had to put himself back into. And he's like, and when I'm in a submission, <laughs> I'm not going to put myself deeper into it. 
I'm going to bounce his head off the mat like I saw somebody do six seconds ago uh, and get myself the second slam KO of UFC Austin. That bonus check, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, couldn't couldn't be happier with Cody Brundage fighting that way. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to reiterate what I said on Wednesday when we broke his fight down. The skills are there for Cody Brundage to be like, an actual menace at what middleweight. And I'm not saying like champ, I'm not saying top five, but I'm saying like he could be like one of those like Max Griffin like characters that the welterweight division has the Nico prices that just hang around the numbers 20 through 25 and turn a bunch of young guys away who think they're good. And it's just like fun as hell because the fact of the matter is he's got good wrestling. He's got big hands. Um, and he's going to do something dumb enough once in a while that is going to keep him from being in the top 15. So, um, yeah, give me give me more Cody Brundage. All right. Gummy's taking crazy pills, as uh, talent on the Hockey Gambling Podcast likes to likes to say often. So, um, Cody Brundage, he, he's a real thing, according to, to Gumby. Um, let's go to lightweights. Jerkar Close, this guy's a real thing and the underrated one. Hopefully, he stays underrated for a while. We can still get good lines on him like we did last night at minus one. 32. I was thinking it was 160, even better. 132. Uh, took care of Joe Salaki. Another knockout slam. This started off the knockout back-to-back knockout slams. So it was one of those nights in uh, in the UFC. Only took him a minute 41. This was a fight. <sighs> he was going to win anyway, but maybe not if it stayed on the ground. That, that was a little bit concerning, but uh, this is a fight we, we predicted he was going to win anyhow, and he knocked out Joe Salaki by slamming his head off of the mat. Yeah, the only way Selecki was going to win that was catching him. Um, yep. And then when he did He's catch him... on it. Yeah, he did catch him. He was like, I'm going to hold on to this thing for dear life. Because I think he felt the power yep. of Drakkar Kalosa too and was like, I, I, this is it. This is my shot. Uh, and had to go for it. It's, uh, it's an unfortunate looking knockout for Joe Selecki. But ultimately, I think Drakkar Kalosa is... You know, I said, one of the more underrated guys at, at lightweight when you consider how close he is to... I mean, like... If you take that Benil Daryush fight away, that's seven in a row. Uh, and he had Daryush knocked out. So, like, where does this guy fit into the division? Like, it, maybe it's time for him to have a ranked opponent. Yep. Maybe, yeah. It's It's been the inactivity. Is, it's been the issue with him. But I think he can, uh, if he can keep it going and keep uh, putting on performances like this, then the sky is the limit. And he's got to make the money now because uh, Courtney Casey Closa is uh, going to, give birth to their child so she won't be in the cage so yeah he's got to keep winning and get himself his 50k bonuses here uh light heavyweights Rodolfo Bellato not Bellator um rest in peace took care of your Pochiera this was a battle a fight of the night battle it was gross <laughs> it was a sloppy sloppy uh rock'em sock'em robots the type of fight Dana White loves Bellato minus 400 uh came through for us he knocked out TKO punches 417 into the second uh, nothing much to say here other than, uh, you, you definitely got to be worried about Bellato in the future in terms of taking punches. Cause you know, we sort of said Ihor Portiera, not the cleanest striker on the planet, not the most heavy handed striker on the planet and still had, you know, Bellato inches away from, you know, losing the zero or, well, I guess he doesn't have a zero. He did lose to, uh, what's his face there on contender series, but like this close to taking his, his first UFCL. And, uh, yeah, like that, that obviously doesn't bode well for the future. No, this is like the common fan Dana White. This is his type of fight though. 
It is. No, no yeah. defense. Rock'em I mean, it was it was fun to watch while it, it lasted. Yep. Yeah. Like what? Yep. I'm I'm not gonna. You know, you can spite Dana White for liking that kind of fight. <laughs> if it's on the prelims, buckle me in for one yep. of those. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It, it was a meaningless fight, so why not do Rock'em Sock'em? Uh, Walter Waits. <laughs> God. <laughs> <sighs> yes. I, I wrote on my subs. I wrote on my subs. I'm not picking Jared Gooden to win a UFC fight. Come on, that, that was my analysis of the fight. I should have picked him though. Uh, he submitted. Of course, this was predictable too that he would beat well into on the ground. But no, it was well determined. Um, decided to have a striking battle with him. It was kind of going okay for him. He he did have a Gooden uh, in trouble. I said he looked sharper. Yeah, this was Gooden's only path to victory. Uh, was uh, was knocking your head off. He, he did a bag and tag instead. Uh, plus 163. So yeah, he had, I, I forgot to mention Gooden. You had Gooden, you had Brundage, you had Stolfus. Three of the, three of the, three of the silliest picks you've ever made. They all came through. You're going to be emboldened now to be even sillier going forward. You had Gooden at plus 163. I had Figgy and Tate for underdogs too as well. I have five underdogs. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, man, the, the clip I put up on, on our Twitter was just perfect. Cause it said, Wellington Terman is better everywhere. He's a better. <laughs> yep. He, he's he's better at jujitsu. He's got sharper striking, and his striking looked really sharp on Saturday. Like it, it looked really good. Um, and he he's got the whole package. You stack up stack up all the skills. It's better. Ain't gonna matter. Uh, it's it's still gonna go wrong for him, and you could just feel it. And uh, you knew, dude with the big hands gonna clip the guy with the with the. You know, although his wrestling looked better than I thought it was going to too, um, and it it just doesn't matter because Gooden throws hard. <laughs> he heard he heard Gumby picked him, so he uh, he was um, Jared Gooden had extra confidence because uh, he had he had the backing of Gumby. And then in the opener, Jamie Lynn Horth did not get going until the fight was over, pretty much in the third round. Uh, Veronica Hardy proved to be elusive. I was writing and saying that Jamie Lynn Horth was going to be a size bully that did not come through. She did not use her size. She wasn't she the third. Use... Yeah, that's it. I was going to say she did not use much in the first two rounds. And then she I, maybe she was thinking it was a five round fight because she did not turn things on until the third round. She still won one judge's scorecard incorrectly. It was 29, 28, 28, 29, 29, 28. Veronica Hardy. I don't know if she's a thing or not, but she's won two straight fights since since her comeback. I don't know if she is either. Uh, you know, like I, I, I think I don't, I don't think your analysis that she's elusive is necessarily wrong, but I also don't think she's as elusive as she looked on Saturday. No, it was I, it was Horth too. I think it was Horth. You know, just being tentative. Like she, she just if she had gone forward with the same game plan as she did in the third round, in the first round, I think a she most likely picks up one of those first two rounds before she wins the third. And B, I also think Hardy is just more tired uh, and more tentative by the third round that she's like not herself either. Um, instead, you like let her get settled in. And then even though you let her get settled in, the game plan still worked in the third round, even though she was like settled and had found her range already. So like imagine how good it would have worked if she was not settled in and had not found her range. So I ultimately, I think it was just like a game plan in, in fight IQ issue with Horth in this one. I, I'm not ready to like annoy Hardy, like uh, somebody to keep an eye on at this point. Yeah, maybe um, Dan Hardy is the supreme coach though, for all we know, right? He might be. He might be. Yeah, he might be. All right. Gummy went 10 and 2, everybody. That's amazing. He won 866, 67 based on 100 bucks in every fight. I went 6 and 6. 
lost 234 or 33 because you don't no one bats that way on the year 59% and 58% hit rate. I've dipped under 60. It was a bad night and Gumby is creeping ever closer as for we'll do return on investment. Cause I missed those few weeks when I was away in the summer. So our, our totals are, are a little different than normal. Uh, I'm down 6%. Gumby's only down 2%. So he has oh, got, me for, oh, got me for the year. It's all I have some hope with, with <laughs> fancy, fancy plays. So Gumby missed whiffed on all of his fancy Nancy plays. He whiffed on Horth, Guida and close save via, via decision. I had Turner as my lock I had Figueredo as my dog at Sarukian knockout as my prop. So I, I hit him on those. We had half of the Super Hungry Man, John. You almost hit the plus 3,400. Oh, yeah, knock. It should have been a TKO. They could have called it with the punches yes, beforehand. Gooden could have been a TKO, or Gumby could have said Gooden inside the distance. But nope. He, he forgot about the amazing submission skills of Jerry Gooden. <laughs> 16 to and, 1 for him by submission, by the way, on its own. <laughs> fantastic. Yes, fantastic. So that was that. A, a wild night of action in Texas. We couldn't have uh, hoped for anything differently. Uh, as for the bonuses... Bellato Pachiera won 50k for Friday the night performance of the night. They actually did what they should do. They should just give bonuses out to everyone who gets a finish. Saruki and Turner, Brady, Stolfus, Tate, Brendage, Closa, Gooden all got 50k. So a bunch of people are going to get cut tomorrow because the UFC can't afford uh, a bunch of people, uh, office workers are going to lose their job because the UFC gave out all this extra money, right? They're just I... a little more organization right uh, i the, the courts currently are talking about something far Jeez, different true. Than that. <laughs> it's true i forgot to check if we had um tenants in gate last night in case anyone cares about that i know there was at least uh one person there joe rogan was there so i know that happened um all right it was fourteen thousand four hundred forty. 485 people in attendance 2.45 million u.s gates so their highest grossing UFC fight night gate for the UFC. Uh, that's the highest gross, grossing fight night gate. Wow. Why they got to stop doing the apex, man. I don't get, I really get why they're still doing the apex. There's gotta be some sort of cost controlled nature of yeah. being able to do it in your own backyard. You know, like oh, not, for having sure, to, but still. not having to fly people everywhere and not have to worry about lodging and stuff like that. Like there must be some, but like it, you're right to your point. It, they're not, how much are they saving? Yeah, and you don't have to worry about booking good fights either in the Apex, so that might be a thing, right? <laughs> but people, Which brings I, us to next week. I, I will tell you, people show up for fight guards even when they suck. You know what I mean? Like, yep, it, it's true. You, I, I, I covered fights one time for a website in Utica, uh, UFC Utica, um, yep. and that place was packed. Uh, the, it was a minor league hockey stadium, and it was filled up for the first fight because people just like, Hey, when are the next time they're going to come to Utica? <laughs> yep. Yep. It is. It is true. Um, if, if you go to, you know, off the map places, you don't go back to the same places. And yeah, definitely. You can, uh, you can pack the house. All right. They're going to pack the UFC apex next week again, or this coming week, depending on how you think of it. We got UFC fight night song versus Gutierrez from the apex on the ninth of December. This actually was supposed to to be in china uh they moved to the apex we never did we hear why um I, i'm not quite sure the reason why but it must have been something fairly significant because they would have yeah. to cancel all four of the road the ufc finals and post them to a later date so like yeah it, it wound up in a pretty large inconvenience from the card's a little thin i know they're like haphazardly throwing last sec fights on the card to make it a little more and they must have they must have had a damn good reason not to go to china yeah, uh, more more companies should have uh, re damn good reasons to go to China. But anyhow, we won't talk politics, right? Let's go. Main card. 
to go through the systems in Fight Crime ESPN Plus. Song Yedong, Gutierrez, tops things off the top. Vance Smith, Clear Entry Junior. That would be a UFC Apex main event. UFC sticks his foot, stuff like that. Oh, no, that's going to be event. Sumidari, Alamas, Nascimento, Nasrat, Hawk, Jamie Larky, John Young Park, Andre Muniz. Uh, prelims, Song Kinnan, Kevin Jose, Young, Song Park, Shannon, Luana Santos, Stephanie Egger, Daniel Marcos as well. Any thoughts? Oh, no. And you said another fight got moved here, right? That so um yeah also uh the main machine fight versus yes. uh Melky Costa that'll okay. be on the card that's as well good. yeah that's a good one um yeah the the haphazard ones that got thrown together was uh you'll remember Alan Carr was one who got um she won or she got a draw on uh contender series and they gave her opponent a contract but not her um and now she's in uh because they needed somebody to fight on short notice and. You know, uh, that's the type of person who says yes to that. Um, so I'm actually excited to see how she progresses because her hands look awful in that fight and her jujitsu looks sick. So uh, against Hyan Amanda, who's now um, her last name is something different now. It's not Hyan Dos Santos. Right. It's um, she got married to uh, the white assassin, uh, Colton England. Um, okay. Yeah. Hyan England. Yeah, so it's it's high end England. Um, now we're high end uh, Amanda England or Dos Santos Amanda England or <laughs> something of that nature. But that's a fun fight. Uh, nevertheless, uh, Jamie Malarkey's kind of always in weird fights. I kind of yep. I'm, I'm here for him versus Nazareth Hawkfrost. That fight was actually supposed to happen back in February. Um, that Kevin Jusay looked good in his debut down in Australia. So it's interesting to see him back in there. You know, I'm always here for a Tetsuya Tyra fight. And I, I haven't made an official pick yet on this main event, but I will tell you I think it's closer than the odds say. Um, right. The odds are a blowout for Song Yudong. I think we're sleeping on how good Gutierrez is with his hands. Yep. Oh, maybe we'll get a, some dog plus money action in the main event. So that is this coming week. Uh, until then, we shall be in the Discord, sportsgumbypodcast.com slash Discord. You can also contact us on Twitter. Gumby runs our account and puts up sick highlights and everything and uh all our some of our fancy nancy plays that's a sgp and mma he's a gumby Vreeland. i'm a jeff fox writer there and i'm jeff fox writer on instagram uh my Substack once again is money mma.substack.com get in there play my pick em contest check out my content see if you like it you will like gumby's top turtle podcast because i'm not on it and that's that's the optimal listening experience mm-hmm. right there just Gumby, no, no chalks, Fox. And that uh, drops usually midweek. Do we have this week's in the can yet? Do we know who's going to be on it, Gumby? I know uh, one of the two for sure. One of the two is going to be the aforementioned Jamie Malarkey from Down Under. So uh, you can you can enjoy that one. Nothing but Malarkey with that boy, Jamie Malarkey. All right. Um, and, of course, sportsgamblingpodcast.com and sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Help us crush corporate gambling. We'll be back tomorrow. We just got done talking about fighting in the octagon, and we're going to talk about octagon with a K tomorrow. <laughs> it's regional. Yeah, great. That was great by me. Regional <laughs> MMA uh, Mondays, as per usual on this podcast. It'll be me, Raging Panda, Jeff Fox, and Cupcake, Gumby God, Reeland. will be riding at Shotgun. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.